We're on the Daniel fast, and this is, uh, this is our seventh week. We're in it now for, uh, that seems like seven weeks, doesn't it? No, it's not been bad. It hadn't been bad, has it? We've got one week under our belt, literally under our belt. And uh, we've got, uh, what, uh, two more to go. So two more to go. And um, it's, it's good, isn't it? Isn't it good? Are you guys enjoying it? You enjoying being hungry? Okay. You know what? I, I figured out something the other day because there's a lot of things that on the Daniel fast that, that you can eat. And uh, it's just, you know, sweets and sugars and bread and really good things. You just you had to take those out. But there's other things that you can eat. And, uh, you know, brown rice, right? I hope so. I ate some. And, uh, you know, brown rice and black beans and stuff. You, there's things that you can eat. And it really wasn't till about day three Day three is for the first time I heard my stomach growls. So, you know what? When I'm fasting, whether it's a Daniel fast or a, a totally abstaining from, from all foods and just drinking water, I want my stomach to growl because it tells me my body's working. Uh, when your stomach growls, there's a thing, it's a hormone called ghrelin. And uh, so it tells you, it reminds you, it lets you know that you're hungry as though you needed a sound, you know, to come out. How many of you have ever been in a meeting uh, at work or something like this and you're fasting or you're, you're hungry, you're just hungry. Maybe you didn't get breakfast in your stomach. by you kind of grabbing your stomach, shaking it around, saying be quiet and stuff. So I'm trying to starve myself a little bit more so that I can feel some greeting, which I did about day three. And how many of you, uh, how many of you got a, uh, a headache somewhere between day one and day three. Anybody, you got a headache? Good, all right, yeah. That just means the enemy's after you. <laughs> not really, <laughs> that's not what it means. From what I understand, it means that, that toxins, toxins are being released out of our body, and that's a good thing. And, uh, and just know this, that water is, not, it, it is your best friend on the fast. It helps clip, you know, get those toxins out more and more. And the fast, if, if no other reason, there's a great physical benefit to it to get this stuff out of us. And uh, this is our, as I've said before, this is our fifth year. And every year, it's kind of like a New Year's resolution almost where I'm going to do this. I'm going I'm to carry on a better eating plan after, after, this, after the fast is over. But, but last year, by the day 21, the last day of the fast, the 20, 22nd day, which we were done fasting, I hit, I hit Krispy Kreme. And so my resolution was broken in probably within an hour. And, uh, but again, this is my, this is my pledge to myself that I am going to try to eat better. Thank you, Paula. Because <laughs> Paula really does. She eats, she eats really good, but it's hard being the only one in the house that's eating good. And, uh, and, and really that's kind of an oxymoron because I feel like I'm the one that's eating good when I eat sugars and sugar pops and toasty when I put uh, drink chocolate milk on my frosty flakes I don't really go that bad but you know there's a it, it's, it's tough so she it's fun it's better to have people eating with you isn't it so she's enjoying uh, the Daniel fast uh, that we're doing together but uh, you know the thing is and I keep I'm saying this and you know there's things that we can do we if we just eat and put all this stuff into our bodies and then we're believing God for divine health it just doesn't work like that I mean, we can, God can heal us, God can forgive us, but we need to be careful what we're putting in our bodies. And I feel like the biggest hypocrite in the world up here saying that, but uh, at least I recognize it. I've, I've got half the battle, I've got half the battle won right now. It's kind of like a, a person that goes to AA 
you know, I, I am an alcoholic. You know, they, they admit they, that they've got a problem. And if you're, a, you know, if you're just always, you know, but anyway, let's pray. We'll get into the word today. <laughs> kind of going off on some things. I want to pray. And, uh, you know, there's several people that I know of personally that in our church that are sick today. And I want to pray for you guys. I know Paula spoke a word and we, we confessed that just a moment ago. But let me pray for people that are sick. Pray for our service today. And, uh, you know, last year, I remember last year going into the fast, I got, which I, I probably had the flu 27 years ago. And then I got it last year. I guess it was the flu, some kind of a virus. And I lost, I lost 10 pounds going into the fast. So I had a, had a good jump start this time. It's a little bit coming off a little bit slower. But Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your healing power that you just, you tell us who you are in your word. And one of those names, you are Jehovah Rapha. You're the God who is our healer. So Father, we thank you, God, for healing in our bodies. And Father, those people that are part of our church, God, we, we speak, we take authority over the enemy. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father, from the tops of their head to the soles of their feet. Father, they're healed, they're whole. And Father, I just confess that over everyone in this audience today, everyone here, everyone that's joining us online. Father, we thank you from the top of our head to the soles of our feet, every organ, every tissue in our body, we command it to function in the perfection that you created it to function. So Father, we thank you, God, that our bodies fight off sickness and disease. God, you put that in our bodies to do that. So Father, we thank you that that is active in our lives. And thank you, Father, for your word today. Give us, give us eyes and ears and hearts to receive your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, <clears throat> let me see where I want to go. Oh, yeah, I did want to remind you of this, that, that part of the Daniel fast is praying, right? It's not just fasting. It's not just doing the Daniel fast and eat, eating better. That's, that's good, because if that's all that we do, if all that we do is just uh, uh, fast, but we don't pray, we're doing one of two things. We're either dieting, or we're prepping for a medical procedure. And uh, so let's make sure that we're spending extra time in the Word of God, reading that there's, there's a great plan. Uh, how, many, how many of you are doing that there, there was a, on, the, on the app, there's an a, uh, additional reading plan that you can do? You can read, well, reading through the New Testament uh, in 21 days. How many of you are doing that? Good, good. And uh, so in, is, let me encourage you on something about that. And I've done this before, as I've read through uh, the one-year Bible uh, in different translations, which I like, I like to do. I've done the, um, what's that one called? Cor chronological. So it's actually not in order of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. It's actually in the oldest book to the newest book. So that was, that was kind of a fun thing to do. But here's the, sometimes you'll find yourself being pressed by time. So you just, you know, you just read really fast, get through it. It's better than nothing. It's better than nothing, but it's better to be able to take our time, even if we have to break up. Like there's probably 30 minutes of reading to do this Daniel fast. It depends on your reading speed um, to do it, to do the New Testament in 21 days. So if, you know, it's better to take it half of it in the morning and then maybe at noon or something or in the morning and the evening, rather than just cramming to get to it so that we can say that we got through the New Testament in 21 days. You understand what I'm saying? So take time in reading the word of God and, and pray as you go into this, Father, I pray that today show me, show me something in, the, in this, what I'm reading, and be, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit to bring things to, to your mind, okay? All right. You know, this, this, this fast is, um, it's, it's part of the first things. 
and we're giving we're giving the the Lord the first 21 days of our year, and uh, that's a good thing to do. In fact, it's a part of that part of that that first principles. Uh, the first part we should do this all the time. Give God the first the first part of every day, the first day of every week, the first portion of every dollar, and the first consideration in every decision. We should give the Lord those things. We just live with the principles of first in our lives. Um, so last week I opened up and I shared a little bit too long on uh, my GPS experience. Uh, you remember that if you weren't here, you missed half of your life. Um, but how many of you have ever been going somewhere and you, you trusted your life to a GPS? Wherever they said turn, you turn, and you, you know, you nine times out of ten, well, probably more higher than that. It's probably a high percentage. You're going you're gonna to get to where you're going because of that. But I shared some of the crazy things. I was fighting against my GPS because I knew better. I knew where I wanted to go, but the GPS knew exactly where I wanted to go, and it actually was taking me the shortest route, but I didn't realize that so a couple of times. So here's my question for you GPS-wise today. How many of you have ever been going somewhere and you're listening to the GPS and you're talking, somebody's talking in the car and all of a sudden the GPS comes on and it says something and they're talking. You got to you got to shush them real quick. So you hear the directions. Anybody, anybody ever missed a direction, missed something because somebody was talking? You ever, maybe the radio is on, you know, if you got your GPS on your phone and it's not going through your system, if it's going through the system, it'll sometimes mute the music and, uh, and come on the GPS and give you the directions, then the music will come up after that. But if you're doing them separately and you got the music to, uh, you, can miss a, you can miss a turn. You just get, how many of you ever done that? You got distracted because of something like that. All right, so let's talk about this today. <clears throat> I, got, I keep coming back to this. Hold on, the fast. Let me get back to the fast one more time here. Um, make sure, make sure whether... In, in this fast, make sure that you are praying in faith. Because uh, again, remember the last quarter of 2023, we did a, a series called uh, Tool Time, and it was about the tool of faith. And we know from Hebrews chapter 11, 6, that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And when we're coming to God, whether it's for, a, 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 you're praying for a, a headache, or you're praying in the 21-day Daniel fast. You're praying, you're really pressing through. You're praying, praying, praying and believing God for breakthrough in your life or maybe in the life of somebody in your family or somebody that you work with. You're praying. Remember, whether it's for a headache or, or a major thing, you got to come with two things. When we come to God in prayer, we come to Him with two things. Remember from that series, we come to Him believing that He is. Hebrews 11, 6, it's impossible to please God without faith. And he that cometh to God, you must believe that he is. He is what? He is what you're coming to him for. If it's for provision, you've got to believe he is Jehovah, uh, Jehovah Jireh. You've got to believe that he is El Shaddai. He's the God of more than enough. If it's, you need peace, then you've got to believe. You've got to believe that you're coming to Jehovah Shalom, that he is the God of your peace. If you God, I just need your presence. God, I believe. I come to you today. You are Jehovah Shammah. You are my righteousness. You are my peace. You are my banner. We've got to believe that he is what we're coming to him for. No matter how long the prayer is or for what it is, you've got to come in faith. Okay? That's important. Remember, it says in uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 18, and when you fast, and when you fast, when you fast, not if you fast, when you fast, your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Why? Because it tells us there in Hebrews that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So come believing that he is and that you'll be given to upon approach. <clears throat> Excuse me, as Paul has shared 
going into this last year, things that we prayed for, we're beginning to see the fruit of that happening now in, in stages. And, and again, we're, we're just doubling down on it and thanking God for more and more. It was just breakthroughs. And again, so we're, we're thankful for what we saw. And, uh, but it was important, again, that we just you stay in faith over those things. Because if we're not in faith, then we're not going to get anything. Okay? How many of you sometimes you struggle with receiving directions from the Lord? <laughs> Somebody nudged their husband. I saw him right there. I saw him, you don't ever receive directions. How many of you sometimes you, re- you have a hard time receiving directions or f- receiving promptings or something? You don't hear anything from the Lord. Here's a great question that we need to be worth considering today is this, is, is um, how, what are some of the ways that God communicates to us? What are some of the ways, if, if God's going to communicate to us, and maybe if we're having a hard time, let's understand, let's go to the Bible, because we got in the Old Testament and the New Testament, we see how God communicates to us. So let's look at this. Listen to what the psalmist said. <clears throat> the psalmist said in Psalms 115, verse 2, this is the English Standard Version. It says, why should the nation say, where is their God? Our God is in heaven. He does what he, he does, uh, that he does all that pleases him. Verse 4 says, their idols are silver and gold, uh, the work of human hands, their mouths. Uh, they have mouths, but do not speak, eyes, but do not see. They have ears, but do not hear, noses, but do not smell. They have hands, but they, they do not feel. They have feet, but they do not walk. And they do, uh, they do not make a sound in their throat. Verse 8 says, those who make them become like them, so do all who put their trust in them. Again, that's talking about the idols. And then the Christian life is, we have it so much better, don't we? I mean, we serve a living God. We serve a God of love. Listen to what it says in John 14, 23. Jesus says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. That's John 14, 23 out of the Holman's Christian Bible. I like that version. But again, in both the Old Testament, it reveals ways that God communicates to his children. And, uh, and, and again, just for the, for the record, let's go through and see some of these things. We're not going to spend much time on them. I just want to mention them. For number one, we see that God communicates through creation. Psalms, 91, Psalms 19 verse, verse 1 says this, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the skies proclaim the work of his hands. God created the rainbow as a way to communicate his promise that he would never flood the whole earth again. Another way that God communicates in the Old Testament we see is through angels. The word angels is the word messengers, the Hebrew word, and it's also in, in the Greek, uh, it's, it means messenger. Angels are depicted in the Bible as heavenly beings that bring, that bring uh, messages from God, that bring instructions from God, sometimes bring um, comfort from God. Um, also, judgment. Uh, angels were dispatched to warn Lot, if you remember that. Uh, Lot was Nabahab's nephew, nephew, his nephew. <laughs> his nephew, and he lived, he lived in Sodom and Gomorrah, and God was remembering we're going to destroy that. And he sent an angel to warn him to leave. Angels, uh, the angel Gabriel comforted Daniel. And uh, if you'll remember in the, in, the, in the Daniel fast, if you read about where we, where we get the idea for, for the Daniel fast, uh, Gabriel came and, and ministered to him. Another way that God ministers is through prophets. Often came 
uh, God's word uh, of directions. And uh, if you remember in the Old Testament, there's, there's major prophets and then there's minor prophets. Minor prophets are like, usually they have a small book in the Bible like Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Zechariah, Malachi. Uh, Samuel was a prophet. He doesn't have a, he does have a book, doesn't he? First and second Samuel. So Samuel, but he was a minor, he was a minor prophet. And then there was the major prophets like Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, um, Elijah, Elisha. And again, they brought God's word uh, as, as God spoke to them. And then another way that God spoke in the Old Testament we see is through dreams. One of the most well-known dreams in the Old Testament was that of uh, Joseph. And uh, Genesis, I think it Genesis 37 through verse through chapter 50. In fact, Joseph's life takes up more space in the Old Testament than any other character. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Adam, Eve. Joseph's life takes up more space in there. And uh, he had that dream of the of his brothers bowing down and serving him. King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And if you remember, Daniel came and had the gift of interpreting uh, those dreams. And so, again, that's one another way that God communicates in the Old Testament is dreams. I think he still does today as well. Uh, and then a gentle voice, a gentle, quiet voice. The, the young child, Samuel, it was a prophet. He heard God's voice when he was young. And he, when God spoke to him, and said, Samuel. And Samuel thought it was the priest, Eli. And he went to him, woke him up and said, hey, what do you want? And he said, I didn't call you. He says, oh, I thought you did. So he goes back to bed and three times God calls his name Samuel. And finally, um, finally, he the priest got the idea. He said, oh, I said, I know what that is. He said, next time you hear your name, he said, say, Lord, your servant is listening. And uh, so it was God speaking to God speaking to him. Elijah heard a gentle whisper from God. Uh, as he remember, even in the cleft of that rock, remember there's the wind and the storm and it wasn't God, wasn't God, but it was the, in the gentle whisper. Other ways that we see God communicating in the Old Testament is through a burning bush, through judgments, through plagues, uh, symbolic actions, signs, miracles, writing on the wall, a donkey, and then directly speaking to people. God directly spoke to Noah, Moses, Abraham, and many of the other prophets. So then we come over in the, in the New Testament and look at some ways that God communicates to us. And again, we see angels, obviously. He spoke to Mary, Joseph, Zechariah, and other people um, that together heard, they got um, angels that spoke to them. Also, he spoke through visions. Uh, remember, Peter was up on the rooftop and a, and a sheet was lowered down and he saw that in a vision and God taught him some things about that the gospel was opened up to, to the Gentiles through that vision. He spoke through prayers, dreams, prophets, signs and wonders, preaching, speaks to us through the church and, uh, and God's audible voice. God's audible voice. There's those that witnessed uh, heard God's audible voice at Jesus's baptism in the Jordan by John the Baptist. When, remember when Jesus came out of the water, God's voice spoke, the Holy Spirit descended on a dove, rested on him. And uh, the voice from heaven said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And people heard that. Peter, James, and John heard the audible voice of God up on the Mount of Transfiguration when Jesus was up having the encounter with Elijah and Moses. And Peter, James, and John were there witnessing it. And then they spoke up, and we talked about this a little bit last week. They spoke up and said, man, this is awesome that we're here. Let us, let's build a tabernacle, one for, for all you three guys. And then all of a sudden, a cloud enveloped them, and the voice of God spoke up. This is my son. Listen to him. And they fell down, and they were, they were afraid. And thinking about that, going back in the Old Testament, remember God spoke audibly at the foot of the mountain when Moses had all the people come to the mountain, and God spoke, and the people were afraid. 
In fact, they didn't want to come to the mountain because they knew what they had done was wrong and rebellious. They didn't want to go, but again, God spoke to them as well. So one of the, one of the two biggest ways that God is going to speak to us today, how does God communicate to us today, is obviously is in the Word of God. God speaks to us, again, through His Word. Psalms 119 says, Thy Word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. So we put God's Word into our heart. We, uh, like the, the message Bible says, we, we bank His Word into our heart so that we don't bankrupt our life through sin. Some people believe, some theologians, they believe that God rarely, if ever, God never speaks now. Because he's already spoken to it through, through his word. God perfectly revealed everything that we need to know about himself, about salvation, and about the Christian life in the Bible. So God's not going to speak to us anymore like that. We just have the word. But remember what we just read? Did we read this verse in John 14, 23? Yeah, we did. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Through, again, that's through the indwelling Holy Spirit. So the number one way, again, that God is going to minister and speak to us today is going to be through His Word, through His Word, through the Bible. The things that were written down that God moved on holy men of old to write the Bible. It's written by, I think, over 40 different authors or writers. And um, so that is a number one way or a major way that God is going to, to, to speak to us today. The second way again, is through that indwelling of the Holy Spirit, which we just read about, make our home with him through the indwelling Holy Spirit. This is what it says in John 16, 13. It says, when the spirit of truth comes, he'll guide you into all truth, for he'll not speak on his own, but he will speak. You know, so for those that don't believe that God speaks today, they must miss that verse because it says he will speak whatever he hears, and he'll also declare to you what is to come. Now watch this. Notice how the Holy Spirit works in the life of the believer here in Matthew chapter 10. It says, but when they hand you over, this is Jesus telling the disciples, he says, when they hand you over, don't worry about who, don't worry about how or what you should speak, for you'll be given what to say at that hour, verse 20, because you're not speaking, but the Spirit of our Father is speaking through you. The Spirit of our Father is the Holy Spirit. He's speaking through us. And here's another wonderful way the, again, that the Holy Spirit works through us. It says, and this is in Romans chapter 8, verse 26, in the same way, the Spirit also joins us and helps us in our weakness because we do not know what to pray for as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with unspoken uh, groanings. So again, we know the Holy Spirit guides us. He guides us just like that he guided uh, Philip. Uh, if you remember Philip in, in, John, in uh, Acts chapter 6, he was one of the seven people that they chose uh, to wait on tables and to be, they were like what we'd call deacons. And uh, they were, the qualifications, they had to be full of the Holy Spirit and they had to be full of faith. And later we see that Philip became Philip the evangelist. And here in uh, Acts chapter 8, verse 29, the Holy Spirit led Philip to go somewhere to joined up with an Ethiopian eunuch who was on his chariot and he was reading from the scroll, but he didn't know what he was reading. And it says in uh, Romans, or not Romans, Acts chapter 29, uh, chapter 8, verse 29, sorry. The Spirit told Philip, go and join the chariot. So again, the Holy Spirit spoke to Philip and said, go and do this. That wasn't written in the Bible. So it's just not just the written word that God speaks to us, but he gave directions to go, go and do this. And the same Holy Spirit also 
instructed the church leaders in Antioch and in Jerusalem to send uh, Barnabas and Saul out as missionaries. Uh, Acts 13 verse 2 says, as they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I've called them. Now again, we know that God spoke. We know because we see it there that God spoke to Philip to join that chair. We know that he spoke to the church leaders to send out Paul and Barnabas again as missionaries, but we're not told exactly how he told them. We don't know if it was an audible voice. And those church leaders, when they were together, did God speak out audibly? Or did he speak, maybe it was through a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. That's one of the ministry gifts. Did he speak to them through that? And the, and it, and it, and it, the others agreed with it? How did God, we don't, we don't know exactly, but we know that God communicated that to that, them, <clears throat> to them. Timothy and, and Paul were both forbidden by the Holy Spirit. They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to go to Asia. Why? Why were they forbidden? The Bible, the, the, it doesn't say. Maybe they knew, but, but again, we don't know why. It just said that they were forbidden to go. Acts chapter 16, verse 6 says this. Again, this is that Holman's Christian Study Bible. They went through the region of Phygra and Galatia and were prevented by the Holy Spirit from speaking the message in Asia. Verse 7 says, and when they came to Maasia, uh, they tried to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus, that would be the Holy Spirit, uh, didn't allow them to go. So once again, we see direction coming from the Holy Spirit. The Word and the Spirit, that's how we're going to get led today. Now, that's not to say that uh, that's the major way that God can still through visions, through dreams. Uh, he still operates in, in those ways. But uh, oftentimes, uh, it's just an impression. We get an impression that God is leading you to follow him in something. Uh, and it's good to have people in you that, that are praying with you. When Paul and I, when we came to North Carolina to pastor a church, uh, it was an impression. I didn't hear an audible voice. We just knew it was time. I knew for, for many years that God had called, called me to be a pastor. Paula knew that she had it in her heart that she wanted to marry a pastor. So we were walking together at that point when we got together. And we, were, we started out in the youth ministry for about 15 years. And then I knew it was time. I just knew it was time. And then we prayed about where, where were we going to go? And I just had North Carolina on my heart. We were in uh, Youngstown, Ohio, and uh, just praying about where to go, where to go, where to go. God, where do you want us? Honestly, Paul and I are really, really flexible. We'll go anywhere from the East Coast to the West Coast, probably anywhere in the world, as long as we believe that God was sending us there. So I began praying about where and I just, just came up in my spirit, uh, North Carolina. Didn't have any particular place or in anything. Uh, we had lived in, in Mobile, uh, Alabama for about three years. So we liked that. We liked the, the coast. And uh, for years, I said, uh, we like seafood. And uh, finally, Paula said to me one day, says, you don't like seafood. I said, well, I like shrimp. And she says, well, that's the only thing of seafood you like. So I had to change my story. But uh, again, we just, we, so we went from Ohio, we went to Wilmington, again, because if, if we could go anywhere we want and feel like that God was in it, we'd like, to, we'd like to be on the coast. So as we were going down there, a friend of mine called and said, you know, ask me what we were doing. Just happened timing, 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 God's direct timing. Asked me what we were doing. We told him that we were getting ready to, to pioneer a church. And he said, where at? I said, somewhere in North Carolina. And he said, well, y'all have talked to the, this, this other pastor that I knew, that we knew that we went to school together. He said, they live in in Kernersville, and they have it in their heart to start other churches in North Carolina. And so uh, we were on our way down to Wilmington because this was a phone call. 
And uh, I told him, I said, we're going to Wilmington to just kind of pray there. And we did. We got a hotel. We drove around. And I could see churches everywhere, not, not physical churches, but in buildings, building, empty buildings. I could see, God, I could see a church there. I could see a church there. I could see a church there. I could just, I could, I've got this gift of seeing churches in buildings. Thus, we ended up in this place. But so we, we, we prayed and we prayed and we prayed. And then we came back through. We met this pastor in, uh, from Kernersville in uh, Greensboro. And... Um, and just talked about what they were doing. They said they had had a, had a Bible study going and had it going for about 16 months. And they thought that probably after three to six months, the pastor would kind of rise up or a pastor would come in and uh, take that church and it didn't happen. So they had about 60 to 80 people, I think, at one time when they were doing that. But there was about 12 people when I said, well, I'll come down next week and I'll do a Bible study for them. So I came down and I did the Bible study for 12 people. And I said, I can't come back next week, but I'll come back next week. So for three months, I drove down from Ohio to do a Bible study on Thursday nights. And then finally, that pastor asked me, he said, when are you going to obey God? And, uh, and, and, and start a church. And I said, I believe that's exactly what we're supposed to do. So it was all an impression. It was not, yea, thus saith the Lord. It was this. I believe if we had gone to Wilmington, I believe that God would have blessed it. I really do. I think it was, I don't think it was that. But my reasoning, I'd rather start with 12 people than have to go door to door with nobody so we did we started with that 12 people and it, and it and it grew into what you are here today so again and it all started it all started my whole point in that is it was just an impression it was impression it was much it was much like this in Acts chapter 15 uh, verse 27 it says this we were therefore sent uh, there we had therefore sent Judas and Silas who themselves will tell you the same things by the word of mouth in other words I'm writing this to you but they're going to tell you the same thing in your presence. Verse 28 says this, for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to lay on you any greater burden than these that are required. And that's exactly what it is. It's just seemed good to the Holy Ghost. And you hear people all the time saying, God told me this, God told me this, God told me this, and God told me this. And it just, I, I just say, I'm, I'm, I'm leery to say that because when I say God said, you know, sometimes people will, will give a, a message, you know, uh, a, a word of knowledge, and they'll say, yea, thus saith the Lord. It's very King James, very old school, uh, it's the way I grew up. But uh, when you're saying, thus saith the Lord, you better be careful because you are saying, God said this. And I think sometimes God said, no, no, I didn't say that. But we think it gives a credibility to kind of what we're saying. So I just like to say that I feel this. Here's what I believe the Lord is saying. I feel impressed. It seemed good to me and the Holy Ghost. That's kind of what they said there in that verse that we just read. So it's important, again, that we just understand how God is going to lead us. Very, very, very important. I think one of the biggest problems that we have today in hearing from God, people say, I, I struggle hearing from God. I think one of the biggest problems that we have today is distractions. We have distractions, distractions, distractions. I think of, of people, some of the, the great people that God used in the healing revival, like John G. Lake, Smith Wigglesworth, Oral Roberts, Kenneth Hagin, um, A.A. Allen, William Branham, these people, Catherine Kuhlman, these people, Maria Woodward Edder, they just amazed, God just amazingly used them. And I'm sure there was distractions that they had, but I'm telling you, I don't think they faced the distractions that we have today because we carry a lot of times our distraction with us, our phone. And it's so easy to get on that thing. We can get TV on it. We can get mail. We can get everything on this thing. And it, it's so easy to get distracted by that thing. And again, I think that's one of the reasons that a lot of Christians today 
don't, I didn't say every Christian, I said, but a lot of Christians, they don't, they don't produce any fruit because they face so many distractions that gets their attention. You know, according to Jesus' own mathematical formula, he said that only one-fourth of believers will ever do anything, will ever produce any fruit. One-fourth. Well, where do you get that? Well, it says, it says in um, the parable of the sower in, in Mark chapter 4, there was how many types of soil? There was four types of soil. One was uh, the seed was sown on. He gave the parable of the sower. The sower went forth and sowed the word. That was what it was. It was the seed was the word of God. And the first soil was the, the pathway. It was those that, that were just constantly walked on. There is no way that you can get seed to germinate on, a, on a, uh, people walking on a pathway. Just keep packing it, packing it, packing it, packing it. And in fact, it says that it just lays there. The birds of the air will come, which represented Satan comes and immediately takes away the seed that was sown. So if there was a person in here today that you had a, a pathway heart, your heart is just there. It's just kind of hard. Um, and, and, and the seed is being sown. The enemy will come and take that seed immediately. The other, the next ground was rocky ground. And that didn't, that didn't, it had some dirt. It had some uh, soil in there. But because it was so rocky, it didn't, uh, the, the seed would germinate and it would start to, to set up a blade of, of, of grass or whatever that it was. Uh, but it never germinated any fruit because it had no depth. In Luke's version of this story, it says that it got no moisture. And that was, what is moisture? It's when we water the word of God. We water the seed. When you get a message here on Sunday morning, all these scriptures are, are on, the, on, our, on our app. You can go and look at these scriptures and we go through them. You know, something that I struggle with, and I talked to Paul about this several times, is I'm again she says you're you're old school and I said well you know old school is not bad school it's just different school is I like to carry a, a bible and like when somebody's ministering I like to turn in in the in the pages but of course here at City Gate Church and like most churches today the script the, the scriptures are going to be up on the screen so even though say somebody's up here whether it be Paula or Sam or Lisa or somebody that they're ministering and uh when they when we have a, a scripture we read it off the screen and we have no time to turn to it right how many of you guys, how many of you guys missed your Bible, flipping in your Bibles? Now, we save about 45 minutes because, you know, you're hearing pages turn. Are you there yet? Almost. Keep, hold on. And it's quick and it's easy and it's, and it's good. It's the same, it's the same word, but there's just something about to me about carrying the Bible, seeing it and underlining it and writing in it that we don't get. So we're going to have a, uh, we're going to have two services starting this year. One where we use our Bibles and one where we use technology. <laughs> We'll do that. We'll do the uh, Bible one afterwards because uh, we're going to be here a little while. <laughs> what did I say all that for? Okay. All right. So we talk about different types of soil. So the third type of soil, and this is where I believe that most Christians, not many Christians are, not, not most, but many Christians, this is thorny ground or weeds. And uh, again, this describes a lot of Christians. Listen to what it says in Mark chapter Chapter 4, verse 18, it says, And others are sown among thorns. One translation says weeds. They are those who hear the word. But verse 19, But the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things enters in and chokes out the word and proves unfruitful. It's just the word distractions. It's just different things. It's the pursuit of so many different things. If you have a difficult time hearing from God and hear what God's saying and getting his instructions, and you, I, I don't hear, if God's put out a signal, I'm, I'm not picking it up. I can promise you this, it's not on the sending end, it's on the receiving end. 
And James chapter 4, verse 8 says this, draw near to God and he will do what? He'll draw near to you. Draw near to God and God will draw near to us. How much time, let me ask you this, how much time are you spending with God when you're not desperate for an answer? When, you know, when, we're, when we have a big need in our life or with somebody that we know, we, 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 we storm heaven. But what about when the things all seem to be going well? How much time do we spend in that time? How much time do we spend reading and meditating on the Word of God? If fasting is hungering for God, how hungry are you? I'm going to close with this. There's so much more, so much more I want to say. And maybe we'll go into it a little bit deeper next week. But James chapter 4 Verse 4 says this. Here's how it starts off. Verse 4 starts off, adulteresses. Adulteresses, don't you know that friendship with the world is hostility towards God? So whoever wants to be a friend, whoever wants to be the world's friend becomes God's enemy. That's what verse 4 says. But then verse 5 says, and you'll see this up on the screen. Verse 5 says, or do you think it's without reason the scripture says that the spirit who lives in us yearns jealously. Remember the Bible says, God says, for I am a jealous God. It said that in the, in the 10, uh, Exodus chapter 20 when he was giving the law and he was saying that I, the, the 10 commandments. And he's saying, There's, there shall have no other gods before me. No other gods before me. He says, for I am a jealous God. And it says here that the Holy Spirit yearns jealously for us. Again, it seems to indicate that the Holy Spirit envies the world's hold sometimes on us, the attention that we give to, to the world. When we spend hours, maybe I'm talking to the gentleman here more, but when we spend hours watching sports on TV and little time reading our Bibles, spend little time in prayer, the Holy Spirit is yearning for you during that time. When we, when we binge hours watching TV and Netflix and Prime Videos and Hulu, uh, he yearns enviously for that kind of time that we could, that he could have with us. He's jealous over those things. So today we have, we have so many opportunities. We have so many opportunities to be distracted. And if we wonder again, why we're not picking up his promptings is probably because we are, we're being distracted. It's, it's no wonder it's during these times of fast and if you, if you purchase the fasting guide that we're using, the ultimate guide to, to fasting, uh, you'll notice that Kristen, the lady who wrote that, she puts several every week. There's a every day that there's a testimony in there, and it's just wonderful to hear the testimonies that people have when they're going through the fast of God moving and stuff. Is it any wonder that He moves? You look at the 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 time that we spend in reading the Word and time just praying and the time seeking God that we don't normally probably do on an average everyday basis, but on the fast we do because that's our focus. We find time. We make time. Is it any wonder that we hear these great testimonies come out of those times? There's so much more. Again, there's so much more that I want to talk about, about the, the Holy Spirit, because he is the, the way that we're going to hear uh, God's drawings. I mean, his drawing us and his prompting us and uh, the directions that he gives us is through the Holy Spirit's leading. That's why Jesus said that was his job to come back. That's why he said it's imperative for you that I go away because if I don't go away, I can't send the comforter. I can't send the Holy Spirit, one who will live with you, who will be with you always. Jesus could only be at one place at one time. But the Holy Spirit can be with us always, every day, everywhere we go, all over the world. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for today. We thank you for 
Thank you for your word. Thank you, Father, for opening the eyes of our understanding to understand the role that your word plays in our life, the role of the Holy Spirit in our life. We bless you. We honor you today. God, open the eyes of our understanding. Give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge in who we are in Christ and who he is in us. Father, we bless you. We thank you for your word today. Thank you, Father.